0: Hi everyone, this is Colin, uh, the main host from Legend of Portalcast, and I just wanted to talk to you at the beginning of this episode because it's a little bit different than what we typically do. Uh, Of course, we've been doing a lot of discussion and deep dives, reviews of episodes, comics, things like that, but one of the big things that I and many of our other hosts have as a shared passion is Dungeons and Dragons. Um... It is, for those who don't know it, a role-playing tabletop game. Basically, you roll some dice to determine whether or not you succeed at certain situations. And typically, this has been allocated for kind of your typical sword and magic fantasy roleplay. However, about six years ago, a guy by the name of Alex Tanner developed a homebrew, which is basically a kind of custom... Uh, version of the game that's an offshoot that basically is avatar in dungeons and dragons so all the rules translate over and he spent five years making this it's an incredible resource and if you are a fan of dungeons and dragons and you love avatar and if you enjoy what we have in store for you we're going to have a link in our show notes uh, for you to check out this amazing homebrew that he has put together. Highly recommend it. It is really fun. So that's what we're doing today. It is our first session of our Avatar Dungeons & Dragons campaign. So we're going to be airing this first episode here on the main feed. But depending on how things go, we may dedicate it to its own feed and its own podcast. We're going to kind of just play it by ear and see where things go from here. And I just want to do a quick off the top uh, to let you know that uh, we will have all of the information on the music and sound effects that we use in our show notes as well. Um, So a big, big thanks uh, to uh, all of those resources that we were able to tap into. It really made it a lot of fun to put this together. Um, And just a huge thanks to all of the co-hosts for doing this. Uh, This started off as something I tried to do two years ago, but I have gained a lot more experience as a dungeon master since then, and I feel much more confident going into this session. Um, I hope you all enjoy it, and thank you all so much. And just so you know, we're gonna be releasing these initially at once a month, but we may be doing more in the future, more frequently, But for now, we're gonna start things off slow. Um, So thank you all again so much for your support and I hope you enjoy. Thanks guys. of history is where our story begins, a world long before Aang in nearly a millennia after Wan merged with Rava and the Avatar cycle began. Scholars at the University of Ba Say never found records predating the writings of Guru Lahima and Guru Shorak, which occurred nearly 4,000 years before the Hundred Year War. This is that time. It is an era of peace and prosperity, hard-earned after a millennia of conflict since humans departed from the lion turtles and began to settle in the greater world. This newfound peace was established when a group called the Grand Lotus Society sent small elite teams of powerful benders to quell pirate and bandit incursions and militants looking to overstep their reach. Few who crossed these teams held their own. And word spread, forcing the dark forces of the world to retreat or disperse altogether. Even malevolent spirits that attacked villages or disrupted cities were handled by the Grand Lotus contingents as their overall presence grew. The role of the Avatar diminished with each passing decade until their existence was regarded as a mechanism of the past no longer needed in a world of peace and prosperity. The most recent avatar, Avatar hylong was a reclusive earthbender who spent most of his time in and around the city of Omashu, helping the earthbenders there expand their extensive tunnel network for transportation and shipment of goods. One of his expeditions, however, ended up being his last, or so people thought, as he never returned, or was never seen again, for over a decade. No word of the new Avatar has surfaced, and most in the world seemingly think nothing of it. The Grand Lotus Society continues to protect the free peoples of the world, but the rise of aggressive spirit activity, and bandits who grow bold throughout the lands once again, have some people wondering if the Avatar might once again be needed despite the assurance of this new peacekeeping force. But our story begins on a small island in the Fire Isles, the same archipelago long before it was a nation, where a collection of clans have gathered for a meeting of the elders. It is an event of great significance and merriment, as merchants travel from far and wide, and entertainers celebrate the passing year. Kwan, you have found yourself traveling to this lone isle, known to the locals as Ember Island. You have been given a lead after a long stretch of work that has either not really panned out or has been lackluster and lacking the challenge that you always desire. However, here you have been given a lead and a contact to meet up with, a man who is said to be wearing a mask. Quan, you are arriving to Ember Island by boat, one of the only ways to get there. Um, as the boat pulls into the harbor, you see that the town ahead is bustling. There are merchants who are coming and going from the docks, and there's a large crowd of people uh, who are embarking from larger boats that have come in. And now you find yourself in a place that feels comfortable to you in terms of what you do in your job, and that's crowds being able to blend in and find the person that you need to find. Um, You embark off of the boat, and what would you like to do first as you make your way into this throng that is bustling uh, at the midst of this harbor?
1: Uh, Well, first, do I know what kind of a mask this contact is supposed to be wearing? I assume there's a few masks running around (laughs) um
0: yes uh you were told that it was a mask that was split down the middle one side black the other side white okay
1: well i guess i will probably just make my way to like the most populated area and uh keep a lookout for him.
0: And can you describe your character uh, and introduce your character and tell us a little bit about him?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, His name's Quan Zhao. He's a bounty hunter. Originally was born and raised in the Fire Isles, but was was kind of on the lower rungs of society because he was never gifted the ability to firebend uh, by the spirits or what have you. Uh, So he decided to study martial arts to kind of prove to himself and other people that he was just as good and just as capable as any bender out there. He's about five foot eight, hundred and sixty pounds, with the typical Fire Island amber colored eyes and pale skin, bearing a passing resemblance to another fairly well known Zhao of his <laughs> offspring tends to be a, a pretty, pretty laid-back kind of guy. But when it's time to get down to business, he's 100% no-nonsense. Very
0: cool. Uh, so, Quan, you are here uh, at this harbor. Um, as you are kind of uh, making your way through this crowd, you see lots of people uh, who are gathered there. You hear fishermen who are trying to uh, sell their uh, fresh-day's catch and others who are kind of bustling beside you, trying to make their way into the village proper off of the harbor.
1: Alright, let's go with the flow. See where they head. And the whole time, I'm, I'm just kind of scanning the crowd. and.
0: So, Quan, uh, go ahead and give me a perception check as you begin to scan the crowd, looking for your contact. Uh, 14. Um, you Uh, see a few people with masks. Um, Again, this is kind of a festival of sorts, as the Meeting of the Elders is something that you're very familiar with, being born in the Fire Isles. It is a large gathering, and this one in particular has been heralded as quite significant. Uh, You have heard rumblings that there is going to be uh, a lot discussed, more so than in years previous. So that has brought a lot more people there awaiting to hear what the elders discuss and what new decrees they may be sharing amidst the fire aisles. As you see these different folks with masks, you see what you think might be a mask that is half black and half white, but it passes out of your field of vision quickly as you see them head towards a stretch of shops that are set up on the outskirts of the town proper. You see that as the harbor kind of is a series of wooden piers and they lead to the mainland, you see a row of wooden buildings that are lining the coast as uh, on the outside are kind of different merchant booths that are set up where different merchants are trying to sell their wares. Um, And you see in the middle of those two rows of buildings is a main thoroughfare where most of the people are making their way into town. Um, You kind of hear the general throng of people there. You see the occasional blasts of fire that are lifted off into the air. What you would assume to be firebender entertainers who are pleasing the crowds as young children laugh and make their way past you. Um but you start making your way towards this figure um how are you uh how are you kind of pursuing this person?
1: um carefully, but insistently like mm. not not gonna be like bowling people out of the way to try to get to him, but definitely you know politely and insistently kind of nudging people aside, um keeping my weapons covered with my cloak or jacket or whatnot.
0: Then, our scene shifts, and suddenly we see a little bit closer into the merchants. Uh, Again, this stretch of merchants is people from far and wide who have come from all over the world to sell their wares, knowing the significance of this gathering of the elders. One of these merchants has set up a humble little, uh, little shop kind of nestled between two larger shops in a way that is a little bit put together in a way that doesn't seem as legitimate, but still there and with a solid presence. Kristen, can you please introduce your character?
2: All right. Yinky is a mid-20-something Earthbender from the cities, although she does look a little humble in her very plain brown outfit, trying to really just blend in and not look overly suspicious. Uh, she, she's an extremely attentive person, although she doesn't try to look it. She's usually picking up details here and there. She's walking around, but very nonchalant looking individual with uh, dark brown hair and light green eyes.
0: All right, Uh, so you have uh, set up uh, a shop here. What is it that you are selling? And uh, what are you doing to try to attract uh, the many buyers who are passing by um, and walking by your little uh, setup here?
2: Yin-Ki specializes in making sculptures. She uses her earth bending to kind of make elaborate sculptures. And so very often she'll uh, create sculptures and artworks based on where she is. So since we are in Ember Island, uh, the artistry will be very flowing like fire. Uh, Any notable landmarks in the area, she would have made like a sculpture of any mountain ranges or temples and things like that. So a whole assortment. And of course they'll have uh, varying colors of reds Yellows and browns, and maybe a, f- a few exotic trinkets from other places in case somebody's really touristy and wants something cool looking that looks like water nation, air nomad, or earth kingdom. Um, and she's she's very good at trying to look charismatic. She's kind of perfected her skill of talking to people and attracting individuals. And as she as she moves around, because she herself is somewhat nomadic. Uh, she's really kind of picked up on different mannerisms of people. Uh, She's not going to try to beg or patronize anybody. She's going to be very respectful to people she approaches, and she's going to use that kind of like linguistics to make sure that she's catering to her crowd and attracting the right people.
0: Uh, So uh, go ahead as you are uh, kind of there, uh, I'll say either a persuasion or performance uh, to be able to uh, attract people to... Uh, your uh, stand to see if they will
2: buy your goods. Let's go with persuasion because that sounds more like her. What was that? That's 16 plus 5, 21.
0: You see a few uh, kind of noble looking individuals who are passing by and uh, you see they're stopping at the shop next to you kind of perusing. Uh, You see uh, the man uh, kind of uh, say over to a
3: uh, woman next to him, Oh my goodness, would you look at these? (laughs) I can't believe that they have them here. And then suddenly the woman, who is kind of seemingly not as
0: thrilled to be there, her eyes wander and they make their way over to your shop as you have presented yourself and are kind of calling them out. Again, using those kinds of linguistics, but not groveling and begging. She nudges uh, the man and she goes, well, these are quite interesting. She walks over to your shop and says, tell me, where did you find these?
2: Oh, ma'am, I didn't find these. These are handcrafted sculptures they are one of a kind I craft each one and paint them all individually so even if you bought two of them each one would be completely unique from one another so every piece is a hundred percent original
0: you see her eyes widen as she kind of uh, crouches down to expect inspect more of them and the man uh, suddenly is pulled away from the other shop as they are both enthralled at your kind of different sculptures that you have created here however, The shopkeeper and merchant, where they just were, doesn't seem as thrilled. As his eyes narrow and he looks over, his shop, very elaborate, heavily invested in, with fancy red and brown trimmings. Seemingly an institution here. And as he looks over, and these folks are
3: inspecting and about to buy a piece, he says... Do you even have a permit to be able to sell here? I don't even think that you're allowed to be here, as good as your trinkets may be.
2: I'm sorry, do I detect a hint of jealousy? Are you so upset with my beautiful sculptures that you feel the need to call me out like this? I think that they speak for themselves, and I'm pretty sure that the festival doesn't mind me helping bring in some more coin for the city.
3: Jealousy? Mike. Goodness, to think I would fall to such a base emotion. <laughs> I am merely concerned about the integrity of the festival, making sure that we have booths and merchants here who represent the Fire Isles and its many trading partners in a way that seems amicable. <laughs> it seems to me that your and he looks you up and down in your humble kind of brown outfit. (laughs) Seemingly common uh, attire begs the question of whether or not you are even invited to be able to participate, let alone even give back to the community here.
2: Well, I base myself in humility. I do believe that I don't need to show off my riches in order to attract people i think my artwork speaks for itself i don't think that anybody here is questioning the quality of my craft simply because i choose to wear something simple at a festival i'm certainly not here to outshine all of my beautiful patrons i'm not here to compete with anybody else's appearance i simply want to sell my high quality original goods
0: Uh, As you kind of put that emphasis on high quality original goods, you see his eyes dart to his own goods, which as you kind of clock are... Not quite as unique, but more of the standard kind of festival uh, um, kind of trinkets and everything. Someone who is looking to make a quick profit on this. It's UC the keychains
2: em- at Seven Eleven in every major city with the like <laughs> NFL football teams.
0: Yes, it's got like the mugs. It's like welcome to Ember Island. <laughs> um, all I got was this. Uh, this is, was this crappy T-shirt. Things like that. Um, he, uh, he kind of huffs and, uh, as he, uh, looks over and he goes,
3: excuse me, excuse me, uh, where are one of the guards here? I believe that someone isn't allowed to be here. This is quite absurd.
0: And... As he does this, you see the people who had stopped and moved over to your shop. They go, oh, that's that's not necessary, please. Oh, she does have wonderful, wonderful things here. And they go, I, I would love uh, this one in particular. And you see it is a uh, uh, one that you have made of a temple. Um, ornate and classic fire aisle design with a lot of the swooping pillars and the spikes kind of coming out on the four corners.
2: How much for this wonderful piece here? You know, for such wonderful patrons, I think I'm going to offer this to you for just the paltry price of three gold pieces.
0: Uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion check as you uh kind of give them this
2: <laughs> not gonna lie i'm getting so nervous as i do this because this is not me in real life uh 11 plus 5 16 they go mm,
3: all right i think
0: that is amicable and they uh take uh three gold pieces out and they give it to you um and as they do you see uh Two of the guards come over as the merchant next to you is starting to discuss. Um, They kind of uh, just blow him off for a moment as he is just whining. But she isn't allowed. She's not supposed to be here. And the guards just look over at you. You see see the two people who have just purchased something from you. They roll their eyes and they say, just get back to selling your wares. And they kind of move along.
2: By the way, any guard I see is just going to get like the, the biggest, sweetest smile from me like ever.
0: And then our scene shifts as we see a young earthbender traveling in the traditional wear of the desert folk. Standing next to him is an older earthbender in similar garb and next to them is a very distinguished looking diplomat, wearing fine, ornate robes trimmed in gold with green and brown fabrics. They make their way off of an exquisite-looking boat onto the harbor and in towards the main uh, thoroughfare of Ember Island. Uh, Kevin, can you please introduce your character?
4: We have this young Kong here. He's uh, on the slightly taller side for, uh, for a desert bender. He's around uh, six foot. Um, on the younger side, maybe 20. And I say maybe 20 because he spent a lot of his childhood as an orphan. Uh, so he doesn't really know when he was born. He just knows that he was. And has kind of made his way around the kind of the side streets. Well, when I we say streets, it's a general term in deserts. Uh, but the side areas of the desert towns that he's drifted through. Um so that's kind of built a little bit of his personality which is he's pretty uh pretty personable to a lot of people because you don't want to get in too much trouble but he always found himself getting into just a little bit too much of it. Um so he still likes to every once in a while kind of go on to that little wild side if he can. Uh but he's now that he's gotten a little older. Um he's kind of fallen under the tutelage of some people that uh, took to heart uh, seeing that he was a hard worker despite you know, being a he would do the odd jobs for them, and they kind of took him under his wing to bring him in into the fold for them. Um, so now he's, you know, he's becoming a little bit more refined. It's still a to-do list item for him, um, and he's get and he's been a little fit from uh, his time on the streets. Uh, couldn't be too thick, otherwise it's a little hard to run away when you get into trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now he finds himself uh, after. Drifting through all this time, like finding himself on the streets, he found himself eventually starting to help guard the streets, trying to help out uh, merchants and others uh, where he saw them getting into some trouble. While he was an orphan and on the streets, he wasn't necessarily a uh, street rat, I guess is how you would say. Uh, he always would look out for the right thing to do if he could. And that's kind of what brought him under the tutelage of his current mentor. This is someone who saw kind of through the, the desert garb and the, just, I'd say the dirtiness of the streets and saw... To the inside of Kyung that he seemed to be a pretty nice guy and that he could mold him into something. So uh, Kyung, you
0: walk forward uh, with your mentor, Vodo. Uh, he uh, kind of looks over as uh, they scan the area and you see some of the crowds begin to part a little bit as they recognize someone who is a diplomat and dignitary, someone of high status. Uh, As they make their way through, Uh, your mentor, Vodo, is kind of keeping his eyes peeled as he kind of says to you, One of the first and most important things for you to remember, Kyung, is to always keep your eyes peeled and
3: always look for
0: openings. Ways that people might be able to take advantage of the situation. For instance, go ahead and tell me what you see. Go ahead and give me a uh, perception check as uh, you go to scan the area. Um, so what you'll be doing is you're gonna roll that uh, and it's just gonna be plus zero, so whatever you roll in the d20. All
4: right, you got a 12, so just a 12.
0: Okay, um, you uh, scan the area and you see a few things, uh, just a couple things of note. Of course, you see the line of merchants uh, against this kind of these two rows of wooden buildings. Um, but more importantly, you see a figure uh, just for a moment that seems to be different than some of the others. Uh, they carry themselves in a very intentional way and have a an air about them. Something that you have recognized from your days living on the streets as well. That this is someone who moves with purpose and intention. Uh, you see them, however disappear into the crowd almost too well
4: Um, am sorry i'm just trying to think where to go from here so you know obviously distrustful of uh seeing something like that uh curious to see more but also knowing that i probably can't really peel off without any problems arising um
0: uh voto says to you he goes tell well, what what did you what did you see anything of note
4: just something uh Something I don't trust fully. I don't know if it was someone just, you know, maybe running... uh, going. They're going towards something, not away from anything. So it made me think that they're doing something very deliberate. Something very... um, They already have a plan in motion. I don't know if it's anything dastardly, but something that just kind of feels off about them. And I'm kind of curious what it is.
0: Uh, You see Voto smile at you, and he goes, Well... I have always felt that intuition and the gut is the way to be able to at least start the way you look into things. So, I think I have this covered. Why don't you go and see what you find? Go explore, and you can meet me uh, back at the tavern later, where uh, we'll be staying. It's at the Dragon Moose Tavern. That's where we'll be, and uh, I'll await for your time there, and who knows? See what you can learn about the locals here. It's always important to know the environment that you're
3: staying in.
4: Keon gets a little smirk across the side of his face because, you know, he's in this new area, but he still likes to have a little bit of fun. Um, and now he gets to, instead of all this hoopla with this high dignitary, he gets to kind of go off and do his own thing. So he, I'd like to follow this person, you know, not not quickly, not, not without making a ruckus, just uh, towards the direction that they were running, that they were walking towards.
0: Okay. So, our scene shifts as you begin to pursue this person. Uh, Back to Quan. As you are getting closer to the main thoroughfare, you notice that you have, again, clocked the figure in the mask. And you know for sure that this is them. They are standing by one of the wooden buildings, and they are watching something unfold. Uh, You see a merchant uh, off talking to what seems to be some rough looking characters as they are kind of having a hushed exchange uh, over to the side of one of the buildings as he points over in a general direction. You see that the figure in the mask is kind of discreetly leaned against the building watching this exchange happen and follows as the two kind of ruffians make their way over to a merchant stand you see them as they kind of get closer to a humble stand between two others uh as they get closer yinki you see these two thugs kind of making their way you have been in enough different cities to tell that uh this doesn't seem to be good news um, you see them approach and they get, uh, they're starting to make their way up to the front of your stand. Uh, what do you do?
2: Uh, Freaking snitches, man. Um, uh, I, for the most part, she's pretty non confrontational. So I'm going to assume that she is going to take. Very carefully slip her most valuable and hard-worked-on like sculptures, slip them into her bag in case she has to make a run for it, because I can sculpt more, but I don't want to have to re-sculpt like, the ones that took me days and days. So she's going to, while they're approaching, carefully pack these things up uh, and get her bag on. To make sure that if she needs to run she's going to run but uh for the most part she's going to keep an outwardly calm appearance and keep chattering with people and if any guards are walking by just kind of uh smile at them maybe in a way that's not as friendly and more like help if she can <laughs> mm.
0: uh so you uh see that these guys uh, make their way up and you see one of them actually uh trips um, and he begins to fall forward and into all of your pottery. He lands with a crash as he falls into this hard, hard-worked, uh, pieces that you've put together. He goes, oh, oh no, I, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, You know, it is just rocky terrain around here. You never know what happens when uh, they just don't take care of the roads anymore, do they?
2: That's funny. I had so carefully chosen my corner, and as an earthbender, I felt like it was pretty smooth, but I guess with a bunch of rockheads walking around. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, As you say rockheads, uh, you see him kind of look up, and he goes, What did you call me? It's like... I I wasn't even asking for trouble, but now you're calling me a rockhead, and he kind of raises his voice a little bit as some of the people nearby are looking on in concern. And uh, you see, uh, go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, it, go ahead, yeah, go ahead and give me a perception check as he is about to standing here.
2: Oh, that is a five plus two. That is a seven.
0: Um, You are focused in on him, um, but then you feel all of a sudden, uh, you feel earth move you uh, as uh, suddenly you feel jolted forward and you go crashing into him. Uh, as uh, suddenly he just cries out, "It's like, what is this? What's this? You're trying to just attack me now? All right, we're we're doing this here then." And he uh, takes fire uh, from his fists and go ahead and roll initiative.
2: Oh man, what punks! I uh, this is what I get. This is what I get there, just having...
1: to be clear, I'm following the masked man who's watching all of this happen.
0: You were you were kind of right by this. Um and uh, and Quan as you're as you are kind of standing here, uh you actually see the masked man look you directly in the eyes, at least as much as a mask could. And then he looks back at the scene. Kyung, you see this figure uh as you're kind of trying to pursue him, you see him stop as he is observing this scene that is going down now, as you see this merchant is being confronted by these kind of two thugs, uh, as they have kind of surrounded her, one of them with fire in their hands. You see some of the people who are gathered around kind of circle around, and are most of them are trying to leave and are kind of dipping out. But for the most part, uh, there seems to be something going down here. Quan and Kyung, what do you guys do in this situation? Kunk's
4: kind of, kind of looking both ways, but you know, he looks back at the kind of the scene that's occurring. He looks back at the mass figure. Looks back at the scene. Kind of just lets out a big sigh and just starts heading right towards the uh, the hoopla that's going on. if there's anything he doesn't like to see, he doesn't like to see a fight.
1: Before okay. we start throwing down, uh, can I? <laughs> go like stealth mode and kind of try to like blend into the crowd and yet still approach kind of like from the side.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Go ahead and give me a stealth check.
2: Uh, uh, See, you can't be non-confrontational and have a temper. It just doesn't work out well.
1: (laughs) Uh, I got 15. All right.
0: Uh, So we're going to start this first. Uh, What did you roll for initiative? I rolled
2: a (laughs) thirteen.
0: All right, and go ahead and uh, give me an initiative roll as well, uh, both Kwan and Kyung. Uh, So, uh, Kevin, just so you know, an initiative roll is going to be a D twenty plus your dexterity modifier, um, which again is going to be plus zero.
4: (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's get this going. So I got eighteen. Mama me, I got seventeen.
2: Dang guys, (laughs) killing it. That's
4: what loaded dice will do.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have Uh, to be very careful. I do have dice that have like inclusions in them and I have to be very careful when I use them because a lot of them are not weighted in my favor.
0: (laughs) Uh, all right, so you see uh, the um, this figure who uh, kind of ignited his fists in the beginning here uh, gets the jump on you, uh, uh, Yinki. And he is going to uh, lash out with an elemental strike as he firebends towards you. Uh, that's going to be a 19 to hit.
2: Ouch,
1: that hit. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: as he kind of shoots this fire out and he uh, hits you for a whopping... Uh, four points of fire damage as uh, the fire kind of erupts around and goes around him. Um, Next is going to be Quan. You see this figure who has now uh, just firebend directly at this merchant. What do you do?
1: Well, can I, I tell if like, is his partner, is he the one that like earthbended?
0: Go ahead and give me an insight check. Insight, that is
1: 13.
0: From what you can tell, uh, this, you can't really put direct evidence on it, but just from what you were weighing up about these guys and the fact that they came in a pair, you have seen this type of a situation before where one goes in to distract and the other one kind of uh, gets a uh, sneaky move in on somebody to kind of uh, put in a one-two punch. Uh, but his attention is focused also on the merchant as well.
3: Right.
1: Uh, Well, having seen this sort of situation before, I'm not super concerned with the big flashy one up front, so I'm going to go and try to incapacitate the other guy that's just kind of standing back. Okay. So uh, that would be 18 to hit.
0: That hits. So what are you doing to incapacitate him? Are you going in with uh, your weapon, with your fists? What's going on?
1: No, no weapons. I'm just going to try to, like, kick his legs out from under him, basically. Not going to be too upset about collateral damage either
0: (laughs) i'm gonna say that uh because this is you kind of trying to knock him prone it's kind of like uh what the equivalent of like a grapple would be so we'll still use that roll of the 18 uh but whatever it was that you rolled plus uh, your strength modifier uh to kind of go for a uh, grapple check but uh go ahead and roll with advantage because you have snuck up on him and he is unaware
1: that would be 17. Okay. Uh,
0: so uh, you managed to get the drop on him as you kind of kick his legs out from underneath him um, and managed to knock him to the ground. Uh, go ahead and uh, still roll your uh, kind of unarmed uh, uh, unarmed damage as you kind of are able to kick his legs out from under him as he crashes to the ground. Six. Okay. Uh, You manage to uh, to take this guy totally by surprise um, as you're able to sneak up on him and you knock him prone um, as he is just uh, completely blindsided by what what you have just done.
1: As a monk, since I use an attack action unarmed or a monk weapon, uh, I can take another attack action as a uh, bonus action. Oh, cool. Uh, So in place of doing that, can I like basically step down on this guy's throat and just hold him down.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead, uh, say, let's do, uh, I'm going to say that because this was, uh, that, that kind of rolls in with your grapple check, uh, that you did, that you are able to, uh, kind of keep him uh, prone and you have kind of your foot over him now and he is, uh, restrained instead of prone now. Cool. Uh, so Kyung, what are you, uh, how, how are you, uh, approaching the situation?
4: So I'm pretty close to these people, like within, I'd say, you know, within Absolutely. 10 feet? Okay, yep. that's what I'm just, yeah, I'm just seeing what we're playing with. So um, at this point, do I have my uh, kind of my shoe skills to use as well, or am I mostly just with Absol- my mace?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you can use your shoe, or you can do a regular earthbending attack, or you can also use your mace, or you can do an unarmed attack, any of those.
4: Well, now, before, having, before the strike, I was kind of thinking of just incapacitating, but I don't like seeing someone blasted in front of me. So I kind of draw my mace and I'd like to go in and just knock the guy's legs out from under him.
0: All right, cool. Uh, gathering a little bit of inspiration from this figure who just dropped this other uh, kind of thug behind him. You go in and uh, because he is distracted in this moment in his focus, uh, go ahead and uh, roll this attack with advantage. Okay, uh, so you are going to uh, roll a d20 uh, plus two. Uh, to see what you get as you kind of go to attack this guy.
4: Oh, three.
0: Did you roll a natural one? No, it was a three. (laughs) Uh, So you uh, go as uh, you kind of uh, take out your mace you go to uh, swing towards him, but you see that the crowd who has kind of gathered around this bumps you at the last moment and you uh, almost trip and fall yourself. And as you swing towards him, it swings in a miss and he suddenly is aware of you as you kind of approach. As uh, he is, uh, as he kind of does this, now we switch over to the man who is restrained and incapacitated uh, or restrained here underneath Quan's uh, uh, foot.
3: Uh, you see him, he goes, Hey,
0: oh, oh, guards, guards, this man is holding me down. You're not sure uh, what's going to come, but he is going to try and do a strength check as he's trying to, uh, gonna try to get out of your grasp. So this is going to be a strength contest as he brings his hands up to try and remove your foot from his throat.
1: Okay. Yes. Does it- I don't remember the rules for this. Is this a strength save for me or?
0: Uh, no, it is a strength check. Okay.
1: <laughs> three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is going to be a roll off because he also got a three.
3: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, this
4: is, this could be easy for him to beat here. <laughs> I know the merchant just got burned, but at the same time, they've just got to be like, what the. <laughs> All right, so roll off. I'm much more agile than Beefy. Yeah, wow. I'm not
2: feeling that great about my rescuers right now.
1: <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> just I just took him down before he even knew I was there. That's fair. <laughs> Give me a little bit of credit. Just uh, so for my roll, I got 14. All right. He rolled a
0: natural one. So he, there. <laughs> Yeah. as you struggle for a moment, he tries to get up, but you manage to hold him down as, uh, you, are kind of, uh, as you are there. Um, that brings us now to uh, Yin Ki. What are you doing in this moment after you've been attacked by a fire blast?
2: Oh, what a butthead, man. All right. I don't want to draw too much attention to myself and I have obviously kind of noted the fact that there are some other people trying to also subdue these guys so I'm not going to earthbend instead I'm going to pull out my little sling that I carry around with me I'm going to take some of the uh, pieces of some of my broken sculptures which are nice and jagged and I'm going to start slinging these guys in the face namely the guy who just firebended at me (laughs) so yeah I'm gonna pop out my little sling and uh so that is plus four that is a 12 to hit <laughs> 12 to
0: hit uh it does it does not hit as he managed to kind of duck out of the way it gets very close uh as you uh, swing the sling over towards him um And that brings us back to uh, this figure at the top of the order. Uh, He is going to try and retaliate as he tries to firebend at you again, but you are now up in his face and he is going to roll with disadvantage as he is trying to do a firebending technique up close. Um, Does a 13 hit you?
2: it does not i've got an awesome feet that gives me like 12 plus my strength which is plus four i'm a 16 for ac man nice uh
0: he uh, goes to firebend again and you manage to bring up a hand to kind of deflect it upwards and suddenly this fire blast launches up and ignites the side of a building um Uh, you see him kind of look for a moment, uh, panicked. Uh, he looks back and he sees that his friend is lying on the ground as a figure is standing over him with his boot on his throat. The guards who have heard this cry have now arrived, seeing fire that has erupted from his hands and a friend of his standing on the ground. The guards go, what?
2: Make a weepy face, like, start looking like a panic-scared little girl as much as possible, especially since I'm, like, four foot five. I'm tiny. I just want to start looking like a crying child the moment I see the guards.
0: Go ahead and give me a performance check.
2: All right. Oh, please, feel good. Natural 20. Plus three. That is a 23. Oh, Oh
4: my gosh. That's, Uh, like, pushed boots, like... Nice.
0: <laughs> yes, Yinky, you straight up puss in boots. Like, look up at these guards as your eyes are welling up to the point of tears as these guys are standing here. And these guards go,
3: ah. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I want to show the not,
2: burnt not. side of my body, too, where he original fire me. I want that, I want to like turn so that's like prominent where I've been fire burned. They
0: go, <laughs> No. No, not during the festival. This is not happening today. He goes and he uh, firebends towards the uh, fire, uh, the building that is now on fire, and dissipates the flames. And he goes, "You." You're coming with me as well as your friend. None of this here. We are all about good times today. Am I right, folks? As he looks around to the crowd and everyone's just like,
3: uh yeah.
0: As they're all kind of just clapping. This guard is kind of nodding in approval. He's like, yeah, he's like, we're yeah, this is this is a this is a festival of good times. This is what you're doing is bad times here. This is this is not good. I'm you gonna see like
2: have a quivering lip and be like, thank you. Like,
0: super timid. There go. (laughs) He gives you a salute. He's like, he's like, that's what I'm here for. Guarding the people and uh, doing my job. Uh, You see his like other guard friend who is next to him is just shaking his head and rolling his eyes as he goes. And he takes uh, this other uh, as he takes the thug like with him. Uh, They see this other figure uh, and he looks at uh, Yukon and he's just like, whoa, now, what are you doing here?
3: Knocking this guy down on the ground here? What's what's going on?
1: He's with that guy. They were ganging up on this poor little merchant here and trying to extort her with a racket scheme to break all of her wares. And I kinda like uh, let him up with a little friendly shove
2: from my foot.
0: Uh he looks to uh to you, uh Yin Ki, kind of for verification here. Huh?
2: Yes. They attacked me. I was just sitting here and they came over and one threw himself onto my wares and the other one earth bended me and made it look like I was attacking people. They set me up. They're just upset because this other merchant was jealous of how beautiful my sculptures were (laughs) and they ruined them.
0: You, uh, you see the the merchant uh, who is kind of like off to the side watching this all unfold. You see him start to like slink back into the background. Uh, he is going to try and roll a stealth check as he tries to like slither and escape away. Oh. Uh. <laughs> If he rolls a bad check,
2: I'm going to point at him.
0: (laughs) He rolled an an abysmal check as he trips backwards as he is trying to make his way uh, back into the crowd. Uh, He falls on his butt as he is trying to scramble away. You point towards him and the guards are like, oh man, oh geez, Henra, you're always causing a mess. You're always causing trouble. Come on, let's get you out of here. As uh, they uh, take you off, the uh, crowd begins to uh, clap and cheer for the guard who is just is soaking up this moment. Uh, he is just so thrilled and pleased with himself as he is going through. And uh, the crowd begins to disperse a little bit as the three of you are standing there. Um, you see the man with the mask kind of step forward, slowly clapping his hands.
2: I'm going to drop my fake aid and just like glare at him because I already don't trust the fact that there's somebody in a mask approaching me like this.
0: Uh, You see this man, uh, he bows elegantly and he says, well, I came here and expected at least something interesting to happen, but my goodness, what a show this was. He goes, "Please let me introduce myself.
3: My name is Gu Sheng, and I believe that you folks are just the quite of people that I am looking for."
0: He uh looks over at Yu Quan and um
3: uh he says, "Don't think that I saw your wandering eye looking for me as well." But I would like to speak with all of you, perhaps later at the Dragon Moose Inn. I have something that might interest all of
0: you. And he looks back at you, Yin ki as well as a way to be able to compensate your lost wares today.
2: Mm. One, can I say how much I love there's already been a reference to Dragon Moose? Um, I'm going to look him up and down. I'm going to be like, why should I trust somebody who won't show me their face?
0: He brings a hand up to his mask and he pulls it aside and he reveals his face. It is an older gentleman uh, with a very kind of just distinguished look about him and very animated. You can see that as he speaks to you, this is someone who strikes you as very theatrical. He goes... It is merely more of an ornamentation. I am a little bit known around these parts for uh, more of the theatrics that I help put on during the festivals, and to be honest, I don't like dealing with more of the questions and people who approach me. Uh, As he says this, you hear a gasp near him as you see uh, a couple of these like uh, like men and women go, oh, my God, is that Kashang? And he goes, I have to leave. He uh, puts the mask back on and uh, he darts away as these people begin to chase after him, uh, screaming and yelling for an autograph. (laughs)
1: As a resident of the Fire Isles, would I be familiar with this guy?
0: Uh, go ahead and roll me a history check. History Three. Uh, you, uh, you aren't really as, uh, you aren't a person who goes to the theater as much or anything, uh, so you have no idea who this man is.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna look at the other two who came up, gonna tell them thank you, and, uh, whatever statues aren't broke in my little stand, I will be like, take your pick if you want one. I don't really have much else to offer since I really couldn't pull together much coin today after that little fiasco.
1: Do you attract this kind of trouble frequently when you uh, set up shop places?
2: I try not to, but it's not the first time a jealous merchant has tried to run me off. There are definitely some places within the Earth and fire areas that have been a little less than kind towards me. I do tend to like the areas where the air nomads and water tribes hang out. They're a little bit more amicable to deal with.
1: Certainly more peaceful. Yes. Well, my name is Quan Zhao. Pleased to meet you.
2: Hopefully they didn't break too many of your things. I'm Yenki. I, uh, thankfully... Saw them coming, and I packed up some of the more valuable things. So the worst of my wares, eh, I'll deal with it. But my best wares are safe, thankfully. And I really do appreciate the help.
4: Kyung rather embarrassingly puts his mace back.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm kind of surprised to see a guy in such nice robes wielding such a uh, unwieldy weapon.
4: Hi, I'm Kyung. Uh, sorry about that. I'm happy to see that you're now safe. And thanks for the offer, but no thank you. I'm not really a stuff kind of guy.
2: Are you guys going to go to this uh, Dragon Moose Inn with this Kashang?
1: Well, he's the whole reason that I'm here, so I don't have a reason not to.
2: You know him? Not yet. Mm. I don't know how I feel about him.
4: Oh, Oh, me neither, believe me. This works out for me for a few reasons. I have to go back because uh, the entourage I'm traveling with is also staying there as well. And after all this, I think I need a drink.
2: I can... I, yes, yes, <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> I just kind of like shake my head and chuckle, like. <laughs> um.
0: So uh, the three of you make your way over to uh, the main thoroughfare and into the town proper of Ember Island. As you are walking through with the crowd, you see again that this is a uh, festival in full force. There are red and gold trappings and streamers, kind of all made of different fabrics and silks that are going across from building to building, large wooden poles with ornate dragons wrapping around them. Different platforms where performers, jugglers, and firebenders are performing different types of acts as they are entertaining all of the crowds passing by. You hear the call of different merchants selling food as they are calling out to the people who are eagerly walking up and purchasing some of their delicious fire flakes and smoked fire meats. Um, You quickly find your way to the Dragon Moose Inn. At the front of this large wooden building that is towards the center of town is a massive wooden sculpture of the head of a dragon moose. You see that the wood itself has been blackened on the edges, seemingly from some ornate type of firebending to make the wood hardy to stand up against the pressures of all of the elements of any coastal town you open the door and inside is a thriving tavern scene as you see people from all over wearing different garbs from all of the different parts of the world this large tavern is a melting pot of all of the folks who have come in to celebrate this festival of the gathering of the elders um You are greeted by one of the people at the front who bows to you and says, Welcome to the Dragon Moose Inn. We are, oh, so pleased to have you, as he eyes all of you, a group of travelers pass through. Please, uh, there's not too much in terms of seating, but... Uh, and you see a figure come up to him as he is talking to you in this moment, whisper in his ear, and he goes, Oh, well, it seems that you are expected. Please, follow my friend here as he will bring you to meet with, uh, one of our most established patrons. As he bows and gestures, uh, towards the, uh, kind of porter who, uh, came up and whispered in his ear. As you follow this uh, short man, as he is just kind of just like trotting along, uh, he just is uh, got like slicked black hair and wearing a uh, very just ornate kind of top coat, uh, but with uh, strange pants on the bottom. Uh,
1: for <laughs> strange those have, pants.
0: Yeah, they're they're kind of like billowing out and like out in the bottom. You would almost like it's just you all kind of take it as something that you would see a performer wear but you just truly do not know what to make of it. Um, but before as you guys are making, uh, c- getting closer to, uh, this, uh, kind of doorway, uh, um, Kyung, you, uh, here out of the, kind of, off to the side you hear Vodo uh, call out to you and say <laughs> uh, well seems like you've, uh, made a few friends there Kyung, but we uh we have business to attend to. Why don't you uh come over here and we can reconvene uh with these kind folk later. You all see a kind of wizened old earthbender uh looking you up and down with a smile as he uh kind of as he uh gestures for Kyung to gather uh to uh, join him uh off at a table where a very very fancy diplomat uh sits with a few other very fancy looking folk. Ooh.
4: Uh, Kyung, not really thinking too much of it, just goes, you know, guys, sorry I can't stay around. I have uh, I have to go talk in with my mentor, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully we can do this again sometime, and it'll be a little bit more f- fun for me.
2: Let's not do this again, actually.
4: <laughs> no. Before he peels off, I'm going to kind of, like, lean
1: over and just whisper, like, keep practicing with the mace. Oh,
4: and just keep following dude. Oh, no. <laughs> Young looks over and just goes to say you, something and just just lets out a breath and then keeps You walking. are a
2: firebender. <laughs> that was a little burn. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, uh, Yin,
0: Ki, and Quan, you uh, enter this small room as the porter kind of follows you in and closes the door behind you. Um, are there any uh,
1: other points of egress?
0: There are not. Oh, crap. Mm. Gishang uh, is sitting down at the table, and he gestures, and he goes, Would either of you like anything to drink or anything
1: to eat? Uh, Water, please, if it's handy.
2: I'll pass.
0: And he goes, Zori, if you don't mind... And uh, the porter kind of just, like, bows, like, very, just, like, it's, like, almost an over-the-top bow as he just kind of goes, goes out (laughs) of the... He's so extra. Yeah, he's very extra with those billowy pants and everything. Um, As he uh, makes his, uh, his, he exits the room and you are left there with Gishang. He says, I was impressed with the way that uh, you handled those thugs who... Uh, <laughs> to be honest, very unsubtly tried to uh, make a mess of your things. My name is Gusheng. I am uh, the director of the local theater troupe. And I uh, have an opportunity that I'd like to present to both of you. And your friend, I assume, it, he uh, couldn't quite make it uh, if if he might be joining us later. I I, I certainly hope so.
1: He had a prior engagement he had to attend to, I believe. As Mm. the director of the theater, were you responsible for that little performance back there? By whatsoever do you mean? Come on now, Gisheng. You led me straight to it. It The instant that it was happening. Surely that was a coincidence.
0: You see a thin smile uh, appear across his face. And he he goes, I... I've been awaiting your arrival, uh, Master Quan, um, and uh, to be honest, I was quite thrilled uh, to see that you had arrived at a time where I was moseying around the harbor myself. Uh, he then looks to Yu Yin Qi, and he goes, And do not think that I did not notice your quite talented earthbending for your pottery. Uh, he goes. I, I am
2: glaring daggers at him right now.
0: <laughs> and he uh, he kind of looks. He goes. He goes. Color me offended. But uh, what did I do to uh, to deserve such a dramatic look?
2: You set this up. Do you have any idea how many weeks of work were shattered in seconds? He
0: goes. Oh, by you, please. You uh, misunderstand. At least what I have uh, said to young Master Quan here. But I did not send those thugs to go over to wreck those things, please. That was, uh, by all means, uh, Hinra being uh, the merchant that he is. I merely saw things unfolding and decided to. Uh,
2: Let it happen.
0: Grasp upon the moment. As I said, I would be more than happy to compensate for the wares that were lost to you with this opportunity that I would like to present.
1: What might that opportunity be? He
0: says, uh, well, if you do not know this, um, the island has obviously been a focal point for the gathering of the elders for many years. But it is also relatively known in some circles to be a place of great riches. Local mines have yielded some precious gems and he looks to you, yin and rather rare forms of Earth. However, the one of the most, well, highest-yielding mines has found itself in a dire strait as of late. <sighs> there are a group of bandits who have made their way into this mine and have decided to take up residence. They also made their way there with a rather important prop that I was hoping to use in our most recent production. However, eh, that is not the only thing. For outside of the mine, they seem to have angered a rather irate Komodo rhino that seems to be storming around the entrance of the cave. Not too many people want to make their way there, And unfortunately, the bandits are holed up there against both their own will and until they can find a way out. And personally, I don't want to wait them out or try to make my way past the Komodo Rhino for, as he holds his hands out, I may be a man of theater, but I am not a man of combat. So, this is my proposal. Make your way into the mine however you may see fit. Retrieve this prop for me and you will be paid handsomely in return.
1: Having had a bad experience or two in a mine, I just kind of like (laughs) face palm for a second.
2: (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to soften my look slightly, but still like a little (laughs) flustered with him. Um, You mentioned they yield interesting gems.
0: They do indeed. A uh, rare form of green crystal that was only seen to have been found in certain part of the Earth nations.
1: Interesting. What are we talking in terms of compensation? Mm. I'm sure you're aware this isn't quite my typical mode of employment.
0: He says, well, the starting price uh, for this would be a matter of 30 gold pieces... However, there is a bounty on the bandits themselves with the town that would yield an additional 30 gold pieces as well. However you deal with things, whether you go in, remove the prop, and take it out, or go in and deal with the bandits as well, that all depends on how you'd like to approach it, but a potential of 60 gold pieces awaits now, the 30 gold pieces from the town is one that you would have to split amongst yourselves, but I am offering 30
2: apiece to each of you. I'm going to glance over at Quan. How confident do you feel about your abilities?
1: Fair enough. The bandits should pose no problem. A little more concerned about the Komodo rhino.
2: Yeah, Komodo rhino.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is what is my about... animal handling again? Oh, it's plus zero. Never mind. <laughs> I was, I'm so used to playing druids who have like amazing like animal handling. So I'm sitting here like, ooh, you know what? Let's look at my animal handling and see how confident I feel about it. I don't feel confident about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, the bandits, uh, you know, people I can deal with. Uh, wildlife, uh, not sure. I suppose between the two
1: of us, it shouldn't be too big of a problem we'd be fairly advantageous elements especially if these people are from the fire islands
2: and if we can wrangle Kiyoung young with us that'd be three mm. so it'd increase our chances of success
1: mm. hopefully
2: that's 40 gold pieces a person if we manage to bring in the bandits
1: well gishan i suppose we have an accord he smiles widely
0: and he says I'm very pleased to hear that. And I do want you to know that if you are able to complete this, I have an opportunity that would come after this that I think would be even more fruitful for all of you. Mm. He smiles at you as you both make your preparations to head to the mine. And that is where we'll end our first session of Avatar D D
2: <laughs> man, why you gotta throw people at my statues. <laughs> <laughs>